Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another Photog Adventures podcast. I'm Aaron King, and you're listening to the photography podcast dedicated to getting you out there on an adventure of your own. I know that all of you have full-time jobs, full-time families, but you bought that camera for a reason. So pack your gear, grab your camera, get out there, get a flat tire. It's time for a Photog Adventure of your own. It's episode 137. Welcome back to the Photog Adventures podcast, everybody. I'm Aaron King, and today I am talking about... (laughs) Believe it or not, those of you who have followed the podcast for several years now... I'm going to talk about some misadventures. Woo! Believe it or not, I had a misadventure. Zero flat tire. I will say this right now. Zero flat tires. None of these misadventures involve flat tires. But this is going to be the episode that shares the awesome adventure that it was to go out to the Faroe Islands for this workshop just last... Oh, now is it three weeks ago? We're sitting here on October 9th. And it's Faroe Islands was the September 16th through the 23rd. So I'm already two weeks away. One, two and a half, two and a half weeks away from our workshop that we had with Kathy and Rhonda. Oh, what a blast. Myself hanging out with Kathy and Rhonda being out in the Faroe Islands was a real treat. And we constantly ran into serious adventure moments that we'd never expected. Things that you know what? Most Faroe Islands workshop attenders will not see. I'll tell you about those two things that I expect that no one will see again, but man, if we do, oh, it's a bucket list item. Okay, so Faroe Islands, we are going to talk about that. But before we get going, let's take care of a few things. Photogadventures.com, that is something that is going to change. Photogadventures.com is going to change, and I'm going to announce the change coming up, but I wanted to give you guys a heads up of a few things. One, listener adventure in Oregon has been canceled. I talked to my boss, and he says I cannot do it. Okay, I don't have a boss. It's me. I unfortunately won't be able to do the Faroe, the Oregon Coast listener adventure. And the reason is actually partly because of some of the misadventures I'm going to talk about here. And so I'll explain in more specifics at the end of the podcast. But just so you guys know who might be thinking about joining me out there on the Oregon coast for the Listener Adventure November, it is canceled. But guess what, Nick Page? You don't have to worry about us showing up on your coastline in Brookings. In fact, I wasn't going to let that happen again this year. I was going to have a start halfway through the week. And so your group out there in Brookings and Secret Beach would have it all to yourselves and as long as no one else shows up. But... Yeah, I'm going to have to cancel the listener adventure. But there will be another listener adventure that I will figure out and do at the beginning of next year. So the remaining of this year, no more listener adventures, no more workshops. I am going to be focusing on some changes in Photog Adventures and some content, lots of content, particularly the oft-talked-about and never-delivered ebook. I'm going to finish the Milky Way ebook. And, you know, it's all me now, and so I want to make sure I finish this and make it awesome. So last thing, if you guys enjoy this content, don't thank me. Thank the patrons who keep supporting me. I know, patrons, that we do not have the exclusive, awesome interview inter- interview podcast that I used to give you guys for, what, a few months? The problem was, in short, we had people who were really awesome come on, and they didn't quite understand, even though I explained to them in the email, but they just didn't click that, hey, this is going to be for patrons only, so there's going to be 100 people that hear it, but not thousands. And that was just harsh. It was just mean. Even though I explained it before I asked them, and they still said they were okay, 
because of the miscommunication and just not understanding that or realizing it later that, oh, wait, wait a second, it's true. I, I wanted other people to hear this. I'm just not going to do it anymore. And so I can't put that on them. But I can add an exclusive podcast for patrons only. And we're doing the One More Thing podcast. The admins, Mary Beth, Kurt Kais, we're all working together. I kind of summarize the admins all the time in their names. But quickly, Dean, Daryl, Josh, Brent, and Rob and and Dan. So all those guys are the admins. And they're joining me on the podcast regularly. And we have a few episodes that are recorded. And Kurt Kais is helping me edit those. Boom. All right. If you enjoy this podcast too and you're listening on iTunes or any place like Stitcher or Google where you can go and offer a review, I really appreciate it if you go there and offer a review for the podcast and help support it. That'd be fantastic. Okay, let's get going. It's time for an adventure, a photog adventure. And photog adventure has always been synonymous with misadventures. And so with these misadventures and adventures, I'm going to mix them in one after another. I'm going to kind of share as many misadventures as I share adventures. And boy, did I have a few. Let's get going. Let's roll. First break of the podcast, we'll come back and talk about the beginning of the adventure that started off on a terrible foot. If you're considering joining me for a workshop in 2020, you better hurry. Some of the best workshops are already selling out. Escalante Workshop sold out. There is a way to email me and let me know if you want to go on the wait list. Uh, hook me up with an email, Aaron at photogadventures.com if you want to be on the wait list for that. Crater Lake and Oregon Coast sold out. But the wait list also works for that, so email me, Aaron at photogadventures.com if you want to be on the wait list. But come join me on a workshop. We have the Salt Flats Workshop. It's a one night. If you live here in Utah or you're going to be in Utah on June 18th or 19th, then join me for a one-night Milky Way workshop, a very affordable way to really learn how to do Milky Way photography and get one of the most awesome reflection Milky Way panoramas of your life. The other workshops that are open are the July workshop for Southern Utah, where we're going to Goblin Valley, Factory Butte, going down to Natural Bridges National Monument. If you love the deserts of Utah and you want to come back or you've never been before, here's your chance to enjoy it with me out on an adventure. So check it out at workshops.photogadventure.com com and you can find all the workshops for 2020 plus the trailblazer adventures that I'll talk about in the next ad again that's workshops.photogadventures.com Welcome back to the Photog Adventures podcast, everyone. I am talking about Faroe Islands. And going to the Faroe Islands, just to start it off, for those of you who haven't ever been out there, there's a few ways to get to the Faroe Islands. You should fly into Iceland, Denmark, or Edinburgh. Those are three great places. I think they've added a New York direct flight now or will be adding. But my best flights and prices usually come from landing in Edinburgh or landing in Manchester, United Kingdom, going up to Edinburgh and then to the Faroe Islands. Or if I wanted to stay in Iceland for a while, which everyone on the workshop does, it's really awesome to make that hop into Iceland for a few days and then come to the Faroe Islands. And so that has worked really well. What has been true the last two times I've gone out there is Copenhagen has offered me the best price. And so I fly from here to Las Vegas or Los Angeles and get myself over to Copenhagen through that using Norwegian Air. And so these locations you fly into and then connect with a smaller flight through SAS or Atlantic Airways and you get into the Faroe Islands, these tiny islands that are sitting between Scotland and Iceland. If you look at the map and you'll see Norway, Iceland, Scotland as this trio of land masses around the islands of Shetland Isles and the Faroe Islands. 
Man, oh man, this place is cool. I, I've already said it many times, so I'll just emphasize the misadventure. <sighs> I'm sitting here at the computer right now talking on the podcast. And just like usual, I sit at the computer and work on the content that I do, and I am editing, working. If I'm not out on a workshop, I'm literally at this desk all the time. I'm getting ready to leave for this workshop, so my phone is constantly in use, and I have it plugged in, plugged in on the side right here. I decide, okay, it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I might as well get some lunch, and I get up, grab my phone, put it in my pocket. After about a 20-minute time of doing dishes and getting lunch ready, I notice that my phone is really warm. Like, why is it so warm in my pocket? I pull it out, and it has an emergency temperature warning saying, hey, 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 this needs to cool down. We've turned off the phone to save it, so make sure that you let it cool down. I'm like, all right, cool. And I put it on the side of my couch and let it sit and relax. I continue packing. About an hour later, I come back and look at it and go, why is it still not turned on? Like, did the battery die in the process? So I go and plug in my phone to get the battery on, and it finally reboots, and I notice, oh my gosh, it's that 1% battery. It really did die. Oh, well, let it sit there, work on packing. I come back to my phone another hour later. The thing's still at 1% battery, and I'm noticing finally that the actual cell tower connection is running. It's trying to connect. It says searching, searching, searching thinking, whoa, 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 this is not something that's ever happened before. What is going on with my phone? Worry that I've been delaying the update. So maybe the update caused it. So while it's still plugged in, I run the update. The phone runs, gets the full update, downloads it, installs it, reboots everything, and comes back to 1% battery power and searching. And we're talking now at 7 o'clock at night, every place that could possibly replace my battery is gone or closed. And I'm leaving right now, probably around 4 in the morning to get to my flight that takes me to Los Angeles, then Denmark. Oh, I have zero window of opportunity to fix my phone. So I'm starting to look, all right, what in the, what in the pharaohs actually could replace a battery? And I luckily found someone who is in Klocksvoik that is really close to where we were staying in Villarreal. And so this area was perfect. All right, I can go there and try and get it fixed. Hopefully he'll have an iPhone 7 Plus battery on him and I'll be good. Land in Copenhagen and finally after a long day of just, oh, I hate flying. I hate I hate how in order to get, you know, a couple hundreds and sometimes several hundred dollars of savings, I have to go to Los Angeles and wait for six hours until my flight. I edited the podcast with Jeff Harmon while I did that. And so, yeah, I, <laughs> it drives me nuts that I have to sit there forever and then go through the process of reloading into a plane, coming out of a plane, reloading into a plane. Why? Are these so difficult to do? All right, we're taking group one, and then everyone masses at the front. So I think, no, I'm just going to sit here and wait. I'm going to go very in because I don't need to stand the whole time. I'll get on the plane just fine. And then they get me and go, well, you'll have to check your luggage now. <laughs> Are you kidding me? They check my bag. I'm like, i got to get my camera out now, my lenses, and put it in my backpack so it's safe because you're going to put this now underneath the belly of the plane, and I don't know if it's ever going to come back. So I move all the important stuff in my backpack. It's extra heavy now with my laptop and the camera gear, but it was better than losing it. So she puts it underneath, and I go in and get my flight finally to Copenhagen. And I, I love the airport in Copenhagen. I actually was looking at uh, my information on my flight, hoping that I had a stay in Denmark coming because I love Copenhagen. I really do. It's I've gotten really used to the 
the metro from the airport going downtown and going to the Konings Nightorv, which is a really cool area right off of that road that uh, that road that goes on the side of the canal, the famous Nyhaven Canal there, that Nyhaven, that thing is just gorgeous and so I was looking forward to staying there and I realized nope I actually got this worked out where my flight's the same day that I landed in Copenhagen and I can take off to the Faroes so I'm heading off to my flight just calmly waiting and of course I don't know why it's always these flights but they don't have any information for your gate until hours and hours later so the section that I'm hanging out in I'm hanging out and trying to just pass the time I happen to have some Danish Krona with me from my last trip in April. And so I buy my lunch with that and I'm sitting at the computer working. After a while, I realize I'm still hungry. I need something now. It's been a few hours. I go to use my card and my card will not work. My bank here in Utah actually has a cool app that lets me just go in there and say, here are the countries that I'm allowed to use. Uh, Italy, UK, Faroe Islands, Denmark. And I set that up a long time ago. When I came back in July with my family to Italy, everything worked perfectly. My card ran everywhere. Never even thought about it for a second. Well, now it's not working. Oh, that's no problem. Just call them and tell them, hey, I'm in, the, I'm in Copenhagen and it's me. Oh, wait. Your phone doesn't work. Oh, that was the first time I missed my phone. Like, oh no, I'm hungry and I've got nothing. Uh, my iPad. No, I can't call with my iPad. I tried to receive and call out with Wi-Fi because you know you can typically use your phone and your iPad to connect, but that's only if your phone's working apparently. And my phone, I could plug it in. I could let it charge off the battery of my laptop or let it charge off the wall and have 1%, but it would sit there searching and searching and searching, and it wouldn't make Wi-Fi calls on my phone. So I was like, oh, no, I can't contact them. And it's now at the time of day that I could contact them. It's, it's their hours that they're open, but I have no way of doing it. And so I'm thinking, okay, well, instead of going and finding someone else's phone and asking if I can go call long distance and all that, I'll just, I'll be fine. I, I, look, you've got enough stores of energy reserved in your fat body, Aaron. You won't die. So just hanging out easy. Finally notice where my gate is. I go to my gate, hanging out there. A couple of mustachioed, a mustachioed awesome tattooed guys sitting there and his friend, and they both have gear, camera gear in both their bags, and I'm getting excited. We're going to the Faroe Islands. And I, I mentioned Cody with the mustachio and tattooed and described him in a way that I hope was positive because it made me think he looks cooler than I do, and I'm going there. I'm going to do some YouTube channel record. Oh, wait. I can't do a YouTube channel recording because my phone doesn't work. Oh, my gosh. I was getting so aggravated that my phone is out. All those plans that I had, okay, I'm going to sell the 2020 workshop with my videos that I'm going to capture this time, and it's going to be a black... Oh, my phone doesn't work. Uh, who cares? Serenity now. Just enjoy. Waiting for a few hours, noticing that the group around me is getting kind of empty, and I'm thinking, oh, crud, what's going on? Did everyone get on the plane? I look up there again, and the information that says... Faroe Islands is now just blank. Why is it blank? I look at the, I go find a board and it says canceled. My flight on a beautiful sunny day in Copenhagen to the Faroe Islands is canceled. So I open up my Windy app and look at the weather there. And I'm telling you, the Windy app has a color coding for harsh winds. And if it gets towards orange, it's bad. You know, it's pretty bad. It's pretty windy. Orange to red to purple. I'm seeing 
purple winds circling like crazy around the Faroe Islands. I end up finding out from the car rental guy that he couldn't even go home that night. He lives in Torshown, and he was over there in Mivor, and he could not go home in his car. It was too dangerous of a drive. I guess he just felt like, I'll just stay here. And so he stayed there in the office because the wind was so bad. So I'm grateful that my flight didn't go. That would have been a nightmare. And so, all right, now what? I go and find the SAS table and ask him, what do I do? Now that it's canceled, what's the option? Are you going to send me on another flight later? And they're like, well, no, we're looking into it. Long story short, they end up hooking me up in an hour later with a hotel right there in the airport. And not only do I get to stay in Copenhagen like I really wanted to, my hotel's free. It's a better hotel than I ever expected. And I'm in a great mood. I'm just thinking, this is awesome. I was going early to the Faroe Islands to beat Kathy and Rhonda there. I can now spend an extra day in Denmark and don't have to pay the extra days in Faroe Islands. And so this is fantastic. And the extra days of car rental, I don't have to pay that either. So I'm loving this and I'm going into Copenhagen. So I started saying, not only is it something place that's awesome that I can be that I really wanted to be, but I have a chance in a much more populated area to find a fix for my phone. I can get a battery and I can call and say, hey, my card doesn't work. I need to fix it and I can figure everything out. So I'm like, okay, I got to look for an option to get a battery placement. The guy in the hotel says, here, here's a place. It's just one train stop that way and you can get out in this mall and there's a guy there. And I look it up on Google and see, oh, wow, yeah, this guy is just a table in well not a table more of a booth in the middle of the mall and it's one of those that everyone who comes is a walk-in so the fact that I'm just walking in hoping that he can take care of it right away is just perfect right on par with how they work so I'm thinking okay here we go I'm going in I'm stoked I get showered I feel so good having the great apart great place to stay in the hotel I got a shower off I, I feel refreshed I'm just excited that I'm gonna go fix my phone I'm gonna go downtown Copenhagen and record some videos I'm gonna have my phone working in time for the Faroe Islands everything's on the up and up really awesome guy helping me out at the booth when I arrive he says just a second to go to the bathroom <laughs> he closed up the booth and left so about 20 minutes later he came back reset up the booth and now he's helping me and he's having a good conversation with me, and I'm having a good conversation with him. I'm just excited. I'm taking pictures with my iPad so that I can do the Facebook post that says, look at my phone, my phone's fixed, and it didn't work. He put a new battery in, nothing changed. He thought, okay, it must be the connector, the dock connector down there. I've, I've seen that. If it's not battery, it's that. Don't worry. He puts the new dock connector in. Hmm, Nothing. Oh, that can't be true, he says. Tried a different dock connector. He tried three other different batteries. Nothing was working. My phone, zero connection on the cell tower, 1% battery. It wasn't my battery the whole time? I couldn't believe it. Well, my plans of going down how Copenhagen ended, and I don't have my phone to actually call America and say, turn my card on, so I told him I couldn't pay him. And he's like, oh, don't worry, I couldn't fix anything. He's like, this is totally on me. And I'm like, oh, dude, you're awesome. Here's a Photog Adventure sticker. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, so I left the mall. Now, when I arrived, I was on cloud nine. I just felt like the coolest guy in the world. Leaving the mall, every reflection in the window that I saw of me, I'm like, oh, I look fat. <laughs> I look fat in that window. Now I'm like angry, bitter Aaron, and everything is dumb. 
And even looking at myself in the mirror makes me feel dumb. And I'm like, I'm so old compared to all these kids out here in the mall. I'm so fat. They probably think this weird American. Look at him in his yellow backpack. <laughs> I don't know. I just got so, so stupid about everything. So I was like, all right, just get back. Have your free dinner at the hotel. Thank goodness, because you don't have any money. Uh, I didn't have a train pass. I didn't mention this, but because I didn't have any money, I just hopped on the train and hoped no one would stop me because it was only one stop away. Oh, I just got one stop. No one's going to notice. Well, I uh, got on a train that for some reason the the information there at the train station had nothing. It was just uh, next train go on most likely will stop where you're going. There's just no information at this stop. Uh, I Because I came down the escalator and went down to where the train parent is, I missed all the information that was up there. You know, very critical information that said that this train coming is one of those fast trains that bypass all of the small stops and go straight to the next central station. And so I rode this train past my stop, past many stops, several stops, and now I'm in the central station and I'm sweating thinking I, I couldn't buy a train ticket. So I don't know if this guy's going to stop me, if anyone's going to ask me for a train pass. I made it. No one asked for a train pass. But now I've got to get back on a train that goes back the other direction and hopefully makes the stop I need to get off at the mall. And I get on another train, the very next train that leaves. No one asked me for a train ticket. I get 16, what felt like 16 stops. It was like seven stops before it got to mine. A little nervous because of my train pass, but I was optimistic and happy still at that point, and so I felt like nothing can stop me, and I'll just tell them the situation. I'm out of money. I had to get here to fix my phone. I'm really sorry. I'm an American. I'm an idiot, you know? <laughs> now, uh, I made it. No one ever asked me for a ticket like normal. Whenever I buy a train ticket, no one ever does ask for it, it seems like, but oh well. I get back now depressed. The Aaron that keeps looking at his reflection saying, you're too old and fat to be here. And I get on a train thinking I got one stop to make. Please, no one ask me if I have a train pass. I see the conductor and I'm like, mm, I'm just going to casually go over to this side of the train. And then I try to avoid him on the way back and just one stop was easy. <laughs> I felt so stupid though. So now I feel a little dumber and a lot dumber. And I feel a little bit like I've stolen a train ride that I shouldn't have stolen just because I expected to have money. Uh, the free... The hotel dinner was free. I went in to the nice place and asked him, where is it for me? And before I even started saying the word, the guy's like, you're looking for the free dinner over there, buddy. I'm like, oh, you could tell. You could you could tell that uh, that's what I was going to ask. Huh? And he goes, I saw you coming from a hole across the hall. I'm like, okay, dude. I mean, I looked like a tourist who was lost, who, like many, were in that hotel that night because it canceled flights. And so I got my free awesome meal, went back up to my room, turned on some Parks and Rec through a VPN on my iPad, and I started feeling good again and went to bed. Boy, was I tired. <laughs> I've been waiting to hear word on what my flight would be on the way back. Uh, they haven't told me when I'm leaving Copenhagen to go to the Faroes. Would it be Saturday in the morning? So I had to wake up over and over again to try and make sure, but they weren't open until 9. And so now they didn't tell me. It's like, what's going on? And finally around midnight, they gave me an email that said, it's going to be tomorrow, Saturday, at 1130 at night, and you'll arrive at 1. Like, Are you kidding me? I'm going to arrive in the Faroe Islands at 1 a.m.? I have a car rental to pick up, and they're not open at 1 a.m., and I actually got my Airbnb in a really cool scenic area of Faroe Islands, but it's an hour and 40 minutes away from the airport. Uh, I can't take that flight. So I go to bed knowing that I don't have to rush to make any flight and just wake up in time to talk to them on the phone. I slept right through all my alarms, woke up at 11, 
worried now that I won't be able to change my flight and that I have to check out of the hotel as fast as possible. Called the airport. They told me, okay, after a while, we worked it out. I got a new flight for Monday, Monday morning, and that'll be a lot better. I can arrive in time to pick up my rental. I can arrive before the, guy, the girls coming from Iceland. I got Kathy and Rhonda coming from Iceland, and they're going to be meeting me there around 1.30. I'll be getting there at 12.30, so I have an hour that I'll be able to catch up with them. Well, I got to get out of this hotel. I got to hurry. Um, this, they called the front desk. They said, no, you have till noon, so don't worry. Good, I got a shower in. I can awesome and leave. But I've also got to figure out where I'm going to stay. Oh, crud. I need to stay somewhere tonight, Sunday night, to get there for Monday's flight. And I can't stay here. This hotel, I asked them, and they said it would be $300 plus, and I didn't have that, let alone on me. So now I've got to try and figure out a way to pay for a hotel without my phone and without any money. Okay. <laughs> Let's try something. So I went on a Hotels.com account that I have, and I paid for a hotel in Denmark through that, hoping that despite the fact that it was in Denmark, that my account, since I typically will do this from America anyway, will just allow it. And man, yes, it did. It allowed me to buy that hotel room. So I got the hotel room. I was so lucky took my awesome metro ride into Konings Nytorp and went down to my hotel. I was stoked to find one near that area. And I thought, look, I got another night to enjoy. Yes, you don't have your phone to record any video. And yeah, it was kind of worrisome that you might not have any money to pay for this. But you found a way. You made it work. I left after my free breakfast at the hotel. And now what? I have free breakfast at the new hotel. I don't have free dinner. I haven't had lunch. I'm back to where I need money. I need food. How, how, how am I going to get it? Do I go um, downtown and try and dance for people? I mean, what was I going to do? <laughs> I needed dinner. I needed what was lunch, too. So I had to have something before breakfast, right? Now, again, I got a heavy set body that's storing up some energy and could survive. I wasn't going to die, but that's just a dumb way to go through this. It was already a misadventure of everything with my phone, with the whole flight being canceled, and I, 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 sh I should be able to eat. Well, I remember back here in Utah, I've used DoorDash. And DoorDash has been pretty nice when I'm sitting here in my apartment. I don't want to stop working, but I need some food, and I just don't have anything here in the apartment. And I'll get something of my favorite that's DoorDash to me, like some sushi. And I look for the equivalent of DoorDash and Uber Eats in Denmark, Copenhagen. And I actually found Wolt, W-O-L-T, Wolt. And I'm thinking, okay... All right, I'm going to make an account in Wolt. I'm going to tell them my address is this hotel, give them my room number, and then hope, hope that because I'm using it online through a VPN that says I'm in America, maybe that will allow me to pay for it with my bank card. <laughs> Hotels.com had already received my card information. I've already used it before. It wasn't anything out of the normal. And so with my card being blocked for potential fraud on who, who knows what Aaron King's doing in Copenhagen, what was going to happen with this? This is not a purchase I've ever made before. Do I go for it? That's my only option. I have no other thing and nothing else. I have I had a bag of cashews that were in my bag from the air from the flight. 
Of course, I purchased this bag of cashews from the flight attendant because I needed something. And then 10 minutes later, while I'm eating my other thing, they announce, excuse me, everybody, someone on this flight has a, has a terrible nut allergy. And we ask that everybody not eat anything with nuts. Like, wait a second, these are cashews. Aren't they legumes? Or is that peanuts are legumes? Cashews are more nuts? Are cashews legumes? I don't have the internet to check anything. And I don't know off the top of my head. <sighs> so I just left my cashews in my backpack. And thank goodness, because I had those just get me through, you know, the mid-hunger of the day, because I ate those cashews already. So I'm thinking, I've eaten the cashews. I got nothing else. Let's make this work. And Walt worked. <laughs> it worked. It was awesome. And I was able to get some really cool stuff from an Italian pizza place, which is weird that I was getting Italian pizza, but I didn't want to spend too much money. And so I got this cheap pizza and fries. <laughs> but the fries were so much like the fries I had in the Netherlands with the frit sauce that is just mayonnaise. And you're thinking, you're thinking the white mayonnaise of America. No, 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 not white mayonnaise. It's a yellow mayonnaise. And it's closer to fry sauce in Utah than it is anything. It's not like putting on Miracle Whip or mayonnaise on fries. It's not gross. It's actually fry sauce that's more blonde, and it doesn't have as much ketchup flavoring in it. It's pretty dang good. And so I had that with Glee and the pizza, and I also ordered a Coke from them for like $2, but I needed something. I felt like I deserved it after the nightmare I'd gone through of stressing and even getting to the point where I saw my reflection in buildings and saying, oh, you're too fat. Look at your fat body. And so if I'm eating myself up like this, I deserve maybe a little bit of a relaxation treat. And so ah, when the guy came and delivered my Walt, I thought he'd come to my room, but instead I got a call from the front desk saying, your food's down here. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Get down there. And I'm like, oh, man, dude, I don't have a tip. And I didn't see a tip on Walt. Do they tip you? Do they give you money? How can I give you some money? And he goes, ah, don't worry. It's okay. And I'm like, ah, dude, I'm sorry. And I had this look on my face of being guilty that I couldn't give him a tip. And he took it as in, that job must suck. <laughs> and so he goes, don't worry. The job's not as bad as it looks. <laughs> and I'm like, no, dude, I didn't think your job was bad. I just feel bad that I'm not tipping. Okay, thanks, dude. And he leaves. And I'm like, oh, man. Well, at least I got food. Oh, so went to sleep, woke up next morning, got on my flight, went to the Faroe Islands. Wow, that misadventure story involved phone died. Because of that, I couldn't fix my situation with my flight very easily. And because of that, I couldn't fix the situation of my card not being accepted in, the Den in Denmark. And then I needed to figure out a new apart, a new hotel for the night without my phone, without internet, and then I had to also figure out food. Oh, yeah, but boy, that misadventure had a domino effect with other misadventures, all thanks to my phone for some reason heating up my pocket, not because I put it near the oven and not because I put it in a pocket that holds the phone between both of my butt cheeks and warms it up. It's just regular pocket on the hip. In a loose, like, basketball shorts, easy shorts, I don't know how I warmed up my phone and it died like that. I think it gave up the ghost. I don't know why, but I was on my way to the Faroe Islands. I was on my way to the Faroe Islands to begin the adventure side of this podcast. Let's go ahead and take our last break of the podcast, and we'll come back talking about the adventures interwoven with the final, final misadventures of the trip. 
Okay, Aaron, you mentioned Trailblazer Adventures. What on earth is a Trailblazer Adventure? Well, in short, it is the most affordable way for you to come learn Milky Way photography with me, going to locations that I have never been. You're not paying for someone who is experienced in this area to guide you through all the perfect compositions and the perfect locations, and so it doesn't cost as much. But also, oh man, it's a chance to be an adventurer with me and get out to a really amazing location that needs to be discovered. We need to explore it. We need to find the best compositions of it. And there is no better place for me to call my first Trailblazer adventure than New Zealand, Southern Island. Going to the Southern Hemisphere and seeing the Milky Way in a way I've never, ever seen before and I can't wait to go. So for $1,200, there's five spots available for you to join me out in New Zealand in August from August 17th through 24th out in New Zealand. Did I mention New Zealand? This is going to be an intense workshop where we are going to be blitzing from Christchurch and going you know, 2,000 kilometers driving in a loop all along the mountain range and then all along the coastline, hitting really cool destinations that you're already aware of like the Church of Good Shepherd or the Wanaka Tree down at Lake Wanaka. And we're just going to see some amazing stuff, landscape and Milky Way. My goal is to find all the Milky Way locations that I want to do for a future Milky Way workshop there. And so if you can't go this year, join me in future workshops out there. It's just it won't be as inexpensive as $1,200. It's going to be a lot more affordable this year if you want to join me. But you have to be an adventurer, you have to be patient, and you should be able to hike some. And if you can't hike and you don't want to hike with us, you can be left in the car in that area. But man, I just I won't be able to be there to keep you safe and make sure everyone's healthy and safe and together. So we're hoping to get a good group that could all go to every location together and just have a crazy fun adventure there. So check out workshops.photogadventures.com and see the link there for the New Zealand Southern Island Workshop and check it out. Again, that's workshops.photogadventures.com. Welcome back to the Photog Adventures Podcast, everyone. And now we're going to talk about the adventures, the awesomeness. I've made it to the Faroe Islands, yes, without my phone. Yes, I made it after spending a little bit more money on Walt food that I wasn't expecting, but I actually saved a ton of money compared to what I would have spent. And so I'm I'm still in good spirits. I'm just excited to be there. I, lie, I arrive later than Kathy and Rhonda, despite what looked like was going to be an hour earlier. They arrived early, and they were waiting for me. And then... Okay, so we got our rental car, boom, 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 we're on our way. Well, the adventures that I'm going to share with you, I'm going to choose four of them, and I'm going to summarize them now so that you know in this podcast, 30 minutes in, what you want to stay for and what you're liking. So, Aurora for the first time ever out of the Sornfelly view. Oh, man. And then talk about the amazing capture ping pong that you play in the Faroe Islands. You ping pong around from location, location, location to get cool captures and captures and follow the light and boom. For instance, in day two, I'll just save their stats on how far and how long we drove on day two that I'll explain when I get there. Then things that I never expect any other workshop to see. A paraglider took off from a pub on that view, that that really beautiful view that you drive over to get the torch down instead of going through the tunnels. It's an upper view that goes up to the Swarmfield viewpoint and everything. Well, from up there on that road, a paraglider set up, had his friend recording him, and took off. And so you got Cotla Furia that's out there in the distance and the whole inlet of sea right there. And you got this guy in a red parachute gliding around. That's a composition that I never would expect and we never expected to have. Oh my gosh. Then the inversion of clouds. Oh, the foggy inversion. Cool. So cool. We'll come back to that. Last, 
will be the Bordeaux hike up to Clocker. And Clocker, man, the view from there with the inversion of clouds and the sunset happening and then Aurora. Oh, it was an amazing night. So we'll get to that. So we'll start off with the crazy capture ping pong. I want to talk about Faroe Islands for those of you who don't quite understand it yet. The Faroe Islands, because of the light moves so quickly as shadows of clouds come in and out over and over like the land is not all that tall and so the clouds come in and go through they they're very quickly there and gone and so you've got to chase the light or be patient for the light and when you have good light days you get to all these locations so you can capture them with some light and we had a great light day. We had several great light days. And so we were able to go and capture all these different locations. And on day two, we went 300 kilometers, and that's rounded down. And most likely a little bit short, as all of the offshoot roads that I'm not remembering, or this turn and that turn, all the little different kilometers that added up. I'm just thinking Via Rea, the Klokswijk, the Chornavoik, up to Sornfeli parking lot, the Nora Dalur, to Sierra Dalur and Chersheba and Torshan and back and forth and seeing all these cool different locations, it adds up. And it was a blast. If you look at this on a map right now on Google Maps and you put all these locations going through these 10 locations and back to Villarreal, where we had our hotel, our Airbnb, it was a five-hour drive on these tiny islands driving for five hours. That's how amazing this whole place is, and it's how accessible the whole place is. Yeah, you got 40-minute drives all the time. Okay, connect, connect there, connect there, connect there. It's really lengthy, but every workshop from here on out is going to have the tunnel from Torshan that goes over to Strender and Runovoik. That tunnel, to put into perspective, the drive from Torshan out to Strender or Runovik is about 45 minutes. The tunnel is gonna make it about 10 to 15. So you're gonna cut out a half an hour. But all of my drive, um, I have this set up on Google Maps right now, but let me just, I'll just kill all of these other than Villarreal, uh, at Torshan, uh, yeah. So Torshan is a one hour and 29 minute drive, Torshan to Villarreal. And as Torshan goes up the side and follow all the inlets, so picture the islands, this archipelago of islands that has long inlets, and so the road has to follow that coastline. Because of these cut-in on these inlets, you end up going, instead of just straight lines, you go in, and put, look at your hand. Look at your hand right now, and draw an outline across your thumb, down into the middle of your palm, back up to your finger, and go between each finger. You'll make these W shapes on your fingers, right? The road is like that, where it goes out to the edge of your finger, down to the inside where your palm is, then up to the tip of your finger, then back to your palm. Tip of your finger, back to your palm. Tip of your finger, back to the palm. That's the kind of drive we have to do as the road follows the coastline. So you go up and then into the inn, then go back out all the way and go back into the inn. And where they can, they've cut tunnels. And so we have a tunnel between... Um, Torshan and Kotlafjoria that makes it a little faster. But then you're going all along the Hosvoik and Havalvoik uh, coastline and coming across a bridge. So you leave Stremoy, go to Esteroy Island. And now in Esteroy Island, you come all the way back down and then over and up to Lervoik and then connect with the Bordoy Island where Kloksvoik is and where it gets us to our Vidoy Island that Villarreal is. So 
these island connections and the finger inlets that you have to drive around cost you a lot of time. And so from Torshavn straight to Runovik being only 10 minutes, oh my gosh, that would be amazing. So imagine my drive an hour and 29 minutes from Torshavn to Villarreal. If I change this to Runovik and look at Runovik to Villarreal, only 47 minutes long. An hour and 29 minutes is 47 minutes. So with 10-minute, 15-minute drive from Torshan to Runevoik in the tunnel, it's going to be an hour only and cut off a full half an hour. And honestly, the Faroe Islands predictions of time is not all that good. For instance, from Runevoik to Villarreal is not 47 minutes. I take... I'm not speeding that much, but it takes me only about 30 minutes, maybe less, because you just turn on the letter boy, get in the tunnel, clocks boy, it's awesome, then you go around. I mean, <laughs> it's easy, and I am definitely going faster than the 80 kilometers, but it's not posted. It's just recommended, and so I like to stretch to 100 in 5 kilometers per hour, but that's not that far. Alexa, how many miles per hour is 105 kilometers per hour? 105 kilometers per hour is 65.2 miles per hour. <laughs> See? 65 miles per hour is all I was going at 105. So it's not like I was speeding through this place. I mean, there are really cool places that we're seeing every day and going back and forth, back and forth. And depending on where the light is, depending on what's happening, we're making turns and stopping and going. Just love that adventure part of the Faroe Islands. It's not something as simple as, okay, this day we're going to be driving 30 minutes to that point, and tomorrow we'll drive an hour to that point, and then we'll drive 45 minutes to that point that's further over there. No, you go across every island every day. So the ping pong adventure, oh, love it. And if you guys like the adventure of finding cool things and going all over the place, then this is the workshop for you. Then Sornfelli, we knew on that second day, as we're sitting there in Torshavn, having sushi at my favorite sushi place in the world, it's because I haven't been to Japan yet. That sushi there is fantastic as they have the local salmon farms that they do. And their local captured salmon is delicious. And their sushi is fantastic. And so I go to Atika Sushi in Torshan every workshop that I can. Last workshop, it was closed and renovation. That was the worst. But ah, oh, so delicious. And it was my birthday, so I spent 40 bucks. And I enjoyed turning 38 by eating 38 pieces of sushi. <laughs> and so I celebrated. And Rhonda and I shared a big plate that between us was 100 bucks. It was fun. <laughs> it was a blast. Sorry, Kathy. Sorry that you had to go find other foods because that wasn't quite your kind of food. I do apologize for that. But, man, it was really great having a Tika. So while we're there, we're checking the Wi-Fi and seeing what we have for Aurora. And we know that it's possible. And it's been clear that day. So it could possibly be clear at night. And it's just it's never been that way for me yet in the Faroe Islands. Now, I have in September. I've been here in 2018. In April of 2019, and so chances are it was bound to happen now in September of 2019. And so I was excited. We're starting to drive. We're thinking about putting it over a church in the Funninger or maybe go to Joke because we're looking more north. And it's like, maybe that could work. But as I'm leaving Torshan, I get the feeling that we should just pull up the Sornfelli and see, see what happens. Because it might be the case, and it has happened to me and Brendan in the past, where we're driving north to a cool location and the clouds come in and the aurora is not visible. So we didn't want to miss what we could see. When we were up there on that overlook view, the uh, Rhonda and Kathy were looking out the window saying, yeah, there's stars. 
Let's do it. So we pull up into Sornfelli, and I've never seen Aurora before, really. I've seen it, noticed it was green up there through clouds. I've also noticed it in Iceland where it's like, I can kind of see a band of green. Is that it? There were some clouds, and it wasn't that great, but we could tell it was there. I took a picture, and it had no definition. It was just a green blur. So it wasn't really that exciting. Well, this one was because as we're sitting there and thinking, let's see if we can make this work and see what's in the north, Kathy and I are looking at this band going, I think I see green. Are you seeing green? Kathy's like, yeah, 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 I'm seeing green. Rhonda's like, I'm getting my lenses, and she's getting her stuff ready. She's like, I want to see this too. And we're like, it's green. It's definitely Aurora. And then as Kathy and I are letting our cameras try, you know, time lapse on these just to see what's going on, we both noticed at the same time, it moved. It moved. That's definitely Aurora. It's moving. It was something I've never seen before where the aurora moves like that. I mean, I know that it's kind of black and white to our eyes when you see it in that situation with your naked eye. And I was settled for that, but I didn't expect it to move so dramatically and so obviously. I'm like, that's definitely aurora because it's not just a glow that's hazing and sitting there. It's it's moving, changing shapes, and then all of a sudden it changed the whole rainbow shape across all of the terrain. And we're like, oh my gosh, yes! We're getting two cameras out and running. They're doing two cameras each, and I've got my one running on time lapse. And oh, what do I do the settings for? Do I do it short so I see the definition, or do long shutter? That's gonna pull out more color and more of the terrain, but. It's going to cause my aurora when it moves too fast to be blurry. I mean, what do I want? <laughs> it was a tough choice. I ended up settling on six seconds just so I can get enough of the terrain and then brought up my ISO to about 3200. I didn't want to go too high because I knew all the darker shadowy areas were going to get really, really weird uh, you know, noise from the higher ISO and such a short shutter. When it's underexposed, it makes more noise. When I overexpose it or correctly expose it for like a Milky Way shot, it's not that bad. And so I wasn't able to get the best of the shutter to fix the terrain that I wanted to get. So I had to bring my ISO up and play around with the midpoint. <sighs> it ended up being okay and I loved it. And I found out later at Bordeaux, man, going for like 6,400 ISO in this situation and keeping the short seconds was a much cooler look as I could see the terrain so much better and the Aurora. I have a time lapse on the YouTube channel right now for my um, asterism points to the Milky Way um, video. If you look at it from Milky Way Wednesday, you'll see the time lapse as it shows the Aurora in dark a little bit for a minute, and then it shows it in much brighter exposure. And I love the much brighter exposure version. So think about that when you get a chance for Aurora. But man, telling you guys, seeing Aurora dance across the sky like that and being that active, it is giddy. It'll make you giddy. Oh, it is awesome. It was an amazing adventure, and I shared that with Kathy and Rhonda. So we saw the paraglider. We had the ping-ponging around. We had the Stormbelly Aurora. And then, just like how this week has been, all of a sudden they get something. We're driving in. We're like, oh, my gosh, look at these clouds. They're rolling in. They're so low, this fog. Let's see. And it turned out to not be a fog. It was a cloud inversion that was going to stay, and it stayed for two days. So that whole day, we're going where we could to get higher up above them. I tried to take them to the Runevoik point where it has all the windmills, but unfortunately, the fog was coming in off the ocean there, and it was covering the viewpoint. So we wished, we just ended up getting in it, where I could only see 10 feet in front of me 
as we're driving around one-way tiny roads with fog so dense that I, I turn my lights on, I can't see anything. And so I've got 10 to 15 feet of view in a one-way road that people usually see each other from the distance and pull over. So we're going slow, hoping that no one's coming our direction, and then getting off those roads as fast as I could to try and get up to the viewpoint, and uh, more fog, more fog, more fog. But then, Sornfelli was a great place to go and enjoy the inversion. You see it floating down the inlets. All of those finger shapes that I was talking about, they had clouds all on the inside of all of them. So from the fingertip down to the palm, they were completely filled in with clouds. And that's a view and composition that we hadn't had yet. It was so cool seeing that. So amazing. And so we were capturing it up there at Sornfelli, and we see a mom whose kid is covered in mud. So covered in mud that she's taking his clothes off and he's just standing there in his underwear and a shirt because it's just like you, you can't sit in the car with all that mud on your clothes and so they took off his pants and you know he's three or four who cares and uh Rhonda starts talking to him and Kathy does and she's talking about how cool it is that to be out here in the weather in September isn't usually that ag- that amazing where we have this kind of warmth but also this inversion it's just really cool and so we were really realizing really realizing how redundant is that it's two different words well really we are very real that doesn't sound right either we were realizing that it is an amazing opportunity we were a part of, and we need to take advantage of it. And we knew the Bordeaux hike was coming up, so let's make it tonight. Let's hike Bordeaux with the cloud inversion, and that is going to be better than going to Calsoy. Let's do it. And so we were so stoked. Oh, also, I got to add the tip that the mom gave us. She goes, yeah, yeah, we don't wear those clothes. As she points to Rhonda and me. They're too slippery. You should wear something more like her. And she points at Kathy, who's wearing just jeans. And during the week, I'm like, Kathy, why are you just wearing jeans? You just Why don't you buy something like ours? They dry so fast. It's nice. And now Kathy was right. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy was the one who was wearing the correct thing for living. She's like, when you hike out here, we know not to wear stuff like you guys. We always put on jeans and we don't wear a jacket because then if you slip, you have more grip. But when you wear your stuff with the slick jackets, the rain jacket and the slick pants, you end up going all the way down to your death. <laughs> oh, okay. Ah, all right. So then we're wearing death trap pants and Kathy over there in her comfortable Levi's is actually much safer and more comfortable despite the fact that it took two days for her jeans to dry when she got them really wet the one rainy day. So (laughs) have a pair of jeans in the Faroe Islands, but if on certain hikes it's really muddy and wet, it's a safe way to go that if you flop down flat, you can just let your body hold yourself in place on the mud versus my clothes where... It helps you dry and clean, but it also sends you to your death, which is, you know, very true. In Calsoy, on my way back, I was slipping so much that I started just sliding. I just got down on my hip and just slid down the hill to get out of there, and it was so easy to do. I should have realized that it was also the death trap pants that I shouldn't be wearing. So now we're excited. We just need to grab some quick food and go. And we're talking gas station hot dog, maybe a sandwich, and get up there to Bordeaux. Bordeaux, the island of Bordeaux is the entire space, but by Klaxvoik is this one viewpoint called Clacker. 
and Clacker has this view of Kalsoy and Kunoy Islands, and you're looking down the pathway. And as a panorama, you'll see in the video I mentioned already on YouTube, you'll see my panorama, where you can see the point of the the point the viewpoint that you're on is the point of rock that's visible in the bottom of your panorama, and then C going off to the right and left off frame, and then con these C that are going off frame are kind of converging also in front of you, and then going in a single lane all the way off to the ocean. So you get this really neat Faroe Islands classic two hills that are then met with all the sea in between them. And it's this spectacular view that if you get yourself in a selfie down at the end, looking off in the distance, it's epic. Mess Iverson has an awesome shot there. And there's also another guy, I think, uh, what was his name? I forget his name. Um, Simon pointed him out to me before we left in our workshop and we liked that picture a lot. He has it. I, I might find it and put it in the notes down below, but don't count me on that. The photocadventures.com site's changing, so I won't mention any show notes here at this time, but in the future, you will find it at um, milkywayphotographers.com forward slash EP137. And so you can check there if you want to find the show notes. But I don't expect it to be anything but the show notes you see on your phone right now, to be honest, because I got some changes to do. So we're up at this hike. It's very easy. You drive most of the hike all the way up the hill, and then you only have the last portion to do. And it's really muddy. It can be bad, but people have gone through and really fixed it up. And even though they laid gravel and what looked like uh, potato sack kind of material, the... Uh, what is that cloth? Oh, well, that stuff, the potato sack material, canvas stuff, that um, was laid down with gravel, and that gravel's all washed away, and it's kind of off to the side in some spots, but still, it's much better than it used to be, and when you get to the grassy knoll part, and you look out, you feel like you've hiked a million miles, and you look at this view of the sun setting off in the distance, the cloud inversion rolling in around you, oh, it was spectacular. It was impossible to enunciate how beautiful it was. And, and we had to just hurry because we were deciding late to make sure this happens. And so we ended up being at that point where if we take 10, 20 more minutes longer on our hike, we are going to miss the sunset. The sun's going to go behind the hills of Kalsoy, and we won't see any direct light for a while. And we barely made it in time. But, man, when we got up there, I popped out my tripod hit on a time lapse and then was setting up uh, Kathy and, and Rhonda. And, honestly, I didn't set up Kathy and Rhonda right away as we were just kind of everyone grab your stuff and go. And we had other people show up with us, and they were a distraction. And so with Rhonda and I, we were able to get her down in front of everybody in a cool spot where she had no one in front of her except when they went out to their selfie viewpoint there. But uh, she had a fun spot. If you see her Facebook, check out what she's doing as she's sitting there on these rocks, able to have her camera on a tripod and sit down and be on a view on this hill where it's just windy. My time lapse is shaking because of the wind. I didn't have my normal tripod. It's a different kind of tripod, and it takes the wind a lot more than my other tripod did. My Faisal seemed to handle things better. But it was also more windy in this place than it's been in most of my, tri my time lapses, so it's not a surprise that it actually has some shake. But it's still really amazing. I have to get a much more heavier, sturdier tripod for that situation. But this view, I've described already the panorama and the sea inlets, but seeing the clouds come in from Lervoik and Klocksvik, actually not Klocksvik, it was behind us from the sea. It 
funneled in between the two islands of Esteroy and Bordeaux, where the tunnel goes down underwater and comes back up. There's this section, this channel that the clouds were coming in, and then they would hit the face of the Kalsoy rock and kind of billow up and then shape. And as I did a time lapse of that, you can see the new shapes that were being caused and as things were slamming against it. And it's 1,600 frames, so it's not like it wasn't long enough but for some reason, I feel like I've only captured it somewhat. I think the best way to have captured that would be from the wide-angle lens that I use. But then instead of having to just digital zoom in with my high-res, my 4K image that now becomes you know 1080p when I zoom in, I wish I had also a second camera with a long lens that was featuring some of the rear cool billowy areas, like a 70 millimeter or something to a 200 that could have really given me some cool moments of action. And I think the timelapse would have been perfect with that. But it's cool stuff. It's definitely cool stuff in the Faroe Islands. And it was just so magnificent, so magnificent to be a part of that inversion moment with Kathy and Rhonda. Oh, man. At one point, I see a boat out in the fog, and it's got these blue lights shining and orange lights in the back, and it just looked awesome coming through the clouds. I'm like, boat! And everyone grabs their cameras and switches lenses for long lenses and is capturing the boat. And it was just a fun adventure with everybody. I mentioned Cody at the beginning with his tattoos and awesome mustache. His friend Trevin was awesome. He was the guy with all the camera gear. Cody was just his buddy, his travel buddy, who was helping him. He was flying the drone and didn't have a camera of his own. He was just there to be there. And so Trevin and Cody are going to be on the podcast. I'm excited to hear their story about Faroe Islands. And they went to the Suteroy Island a lot more. And so I'm really curious to hear what they loved about that and talk about their adventures together. So they will be on the podcast here in the next few weeks for sure. Absolutely. So Faroe Islands was amazing. And now it's finally the morning where we need to leave. We had hikes that night. We had stayed up late. And we had Aurora. But we knew we needed to get home eventually because we only had a few hours of sleep coming as we needed to wake up in time to get Rhonda back to her flight. So we didn't have time to hang out and do much. We just needed to get down the hill, drive home, pack our bags, sleep, and go. And so here I am thinking, now just worry about my flights tomorrow. I know that I've got my check-in ability right there at the airport for SAS flight to get out and go to Denmark. So I'll just worry about everything when I get to the airport. And in the situation of getting Rhonda there, she was out there a little early, unfortunately. She had to go home first, and so Kathy and I were able to spend an extra few hours just kind of going to other places like Boar. A bow and go down to a view of the troll finger kind of we ended up getting on this road that was a one-way road and following a sheep herder who was in his truck and ended up going on his private road we didn't realize it that we were following a guy on his private road so we turned around fixed some things found stuff in our bags moved things around got ourselves ready to get on the flight and so i was just excited to get out there in fact um at the airport, we had a few minutes together, and Kathy was going to leave just minutes after me. And so from the spot that we were sitting and hanging out, she could see me get on my flight. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go up to the top of the stairs. I'm going to turn around and wave. So get ready to take a picture. She's like, all right, I'm on it. And she took some video and did a loop video that I have on my phone that I'll have to share with you guys. Uh, I got it when I got home on my iPad. And so I'll share with you guys on the Facebook page. But I'm leaving. That's my goodbye of Faroe Islands. All that fun adventure behind me. Ah, so much fun. And now, one last 
misadventure. And it was a big one. I arrive in Denmark knowing that, okay, I've got to check in for my flight. I haven't been able to so far. I didn't know if it was the Faroe Islands airport internet or what, but I just couldn't connect with my flight. So I couldn't click on the link. So I'm sitting there thinking, all right, when's my flight at least? Let's just find out when it is and I can hurry and get to the location. I find out, oh, right, on the way back, I was going to take an extra night in Denmark, and that was the cheapest flight I could find, and so I needed to find a hotel. It's already 4.30, and I'm thinking, oh, boy, i got to hurry and do that. Just take care of that, and then I'll check in on my flight. My flight is for 8.30 a.m. tomorrow morning. i got plenty of time. I don't care what seat I get. No worries. I'm just going to get myself a hotel. So I excitedly got myself a hotel back where I was at before because it's near Konings Nytorp. I know it's easy to get there, easy to walk there, and just the price was so good. So I found it again, found an opening, made it. And then because it worked so well before, I was excited about Wolt. I was going to use Wolt to get myself some sushi. Technically, my birthday was the 22nd, and it's now the 23rd. And so the 23rd, the day after my birthday, I felt like after all this, I was, I was justified in enjoying some more sushi. So for my birthday, I wanted to get another $40 of sushi, and I was going to get Walt to deliver it to me at my hotel. So things were looking awesome. And ordered the sushi, and while I had my sushi and was drinking a ginger beer soda and enjoying myself, I was checking my flight. Oh, the website's down. Why is the website down? I don't know if it's my internet here because I'm going through the VPN. Maybe I'll turn off the VPN. I turn off the VPN, connect with the flight. Oh, still nothing. Okay, just maintenance maybe for a second. I'll just go ahead and check here in a little bit. So now it's around 8.30 at night. I'm enjoying another episode of Travelers on Netflix and waiting to find out from my check-in and just make sure I'm good to go at 8.30 in the morning. I get to the website... And it actually has something now, but doesn't. And I'm like, what is this? The website has been replaced with a single page. And that single page says, Thomas Cook UK PLC and the wider UK business has entered insolvency. The UK business has ceased trading with immediate effect and all future flights and holidays are canceled. That's what the website says. Uh, the only other thing on the website is a dedicated support service is being provided by the Civil Aviation Authority to assist customers currently overseas and those in the UK with future bookings. Please visit the website for further information. The website. This is the website. What further information? This is all I see. And we're talking. This takes up a tiny one-fifth of the top of the page. It has a banner that says Thomas Cook Airlines reload page information. And then in gray, everything's in gray, this information. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Of course, I booked my flight back with the most inexpensive package I could get, which was Thomas Cook Airlines. It was setting me up with a flight from Copenhagen to Manchester through SAS. And then they were flying me from Manchester all the way to Los Angeles. And then from Los Angeles home, I was going to get a Delta flight. I had a Delta flight coming. It was going to be tomorrow. I'm not going to make it. What am I going to do? I'm sitting there looking at this thinking... I got to call them, but I don't have a phone. My phone doesn't work. Oh, my gosh. 
And so I have no information really to look into. There's no number. And I'm refreshing this, refreshing this for the next hour. And finally, it gives me information where it's starting to do the things that it needs to to help people who are stranded. Unfortunately, most and if not all of the customers that are stranded are UK citizens. And they had set up everything based on the perspective of a UK citizen who was somewhere else and needed to get home. So they had lots of people on vacation out there in the Greece islands. And so they were in Greece and needed to come home. And so they had specific information and instructions for how those UK citizens could find a flight home. Well, I wasn't finding a flight home. I was an American citizen. Literally, the FAQ that they had on there had all these different links and connecting to. And, okay, where's your destination? If I was in Los Angeles and had a flight from Los Angeles to Manchester, I had an option. But not the option of being in Manchester flying to Los Angeles. There was no way to figure that out. I was in Copenhagen right now. I needed to get from Copenhagen to Manchester to Los Angeles or any way they could hook me up from Copenhagen to Los Angeles. Now, at this point, I'm not panicking. I'm realizing I got to call them and get it figured out. I've already had a flight canceled on this trip and I didn't have any trip insurance and they just took care of everything. So I wasn't really worried. This wasn't my fault. Trip insurance is always described as if you miss your flight or you get sick, then they'll help you with your money back. Well, I didn't miss my flight or get sick. I was here. I'm waiting. You guys went bankrupt. (laughs) And we're talking, this is the 23rd of September. That morning they went bankrupt. I landed in Copenhagen and I could have found this out if I had checked the news. But guess what? Aaron King doesn't have his phone. I had an iPad that I only opened up quickly to find my hotel. I didn't look on the normal news sites where I could have seen that Thomas Cook Airlines had been closed. Oh my gosh. I was in the airport. I probably could have talked to someone there to help me out and maybe it would have worked out, but I already left the airport, gone into downtown. I was at Koenig's Nytorv area. I was at my hotel and I'd already waited until 8.30 because I was enjoying just dinner and sushi because it was Aaron King's birthday. He deserved it. And so now I'm sweating thinking, oh no, in 12 hours I had a flight, but now what? I was paying for one hotel night, but how many hotel nights are ahead of me now? Am I stranded in Copenhagen? (laughs) It was an adventure and it was a fun misadventure because I never really panicked. I didn't have anywhere that was pressing that I needed to be where people were going to panic for me. Um, I'm in a situation right now and the divorce and everything that, you know, if I'm stuck in Copenhagen for a week, I'm stuck in Copenhagen for a week. So I'm waiting to get a hold of them, and I finally get some Skype credit added onto my Skype account where I can make phone calls with my laptop. And now that I'm making phone calls, I get someone on the line from the UK who's probably gone through a nightmare day, and now she's got me. Do you have travel insurance? No. No, I didn't have travel insurance. Do you have any ATOL coverage? ATOL? It's like the Aviation Transit Online Authority or something through them, and I had nothing. I'm like, well, what was your purchase? Was it a holiday? Well, no, it was for work. No, but was it a holiday package? A holiday package? No, it's just flight. Okay, it was just flights. Then we got nothing we can do for you. What are you talking about? Those with the holiday package have automatic allowance for an ATOL, and so we'll let you and get you hooked up. But because you only had flights, we can't help you. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Because I just purchased flights and that's it? You can't help me? Yeah, because you don't have ATOL coverage. Unfortunately, we can't help you. You can try and try and get the money back later, but there's nothing we can do to get you home. 
Are you serious? Up until now, I was just kind of laughing at the misery of the situation, thinking, I'm going to hang out in Copenhagen for a few days. That's not a bad loss, and it's not going to come at my expense. Well, now it was going to come at my expense. Everything was at my expense. My hotel, my stay, my next flight. I've already paid for the flights to come home. I have to buy new flights, and not only that, but last-minute flights? I have to buy last-minute flights on my own money? Oh, no. I ended up spending two days in Denmark and trying to find flights and um, borrowing money from a friend so that I could use their credit card and get home. I was able to pay for one of my flights and not the other because, of course, I couldn't find the best option. I mean, I was seriously looking at anything. I was prepared to fly into Kansas and then drive home. I mean, anything, anything at all that would make sense financially. What's the cheapest flight? People always say, you know, you can find really cheap flights as long as you don't care where you're going. But how do you find those flights? I tried, and I was looking at options, and when I would do like Travelocity or Kayak, and they would give me the just fly anywhere deals, it would have a list of deals, and sometimes it would say the number, and sometimes it would just say click here to see New York flights. Like, well, what is the price? I don't know which one of these 36 cities you just linked me to has the better of the options. And so I'm clicking and checking, clicking and checking. Okay, should I fly to the Netherlands? I, I used to live in the Netherlands. That'd be awesome. What if I can fly to the Netherlands and have fun there for a week and then come home? That'll at least make sense. Oh, no, that's crazy expensive. Why is that so expensive? I'm here in Denmark. Flying from Copenhagen to Schiphol is going to be that expensive? All right, okay, not Amsterdam. Um... Eventually, what it came down to was really close to what I did the way out there. I just took Norwegian from Copenhagen straight to Los Angeles, found it for a few hundred dollars, and then had to get a new flight from Los Angeles home. I just finally got on Norwegian, sat there, my card was working, my phone's still dead, and I'm just grateful to be getting on a flight and heading home thinking about all those people with the Thomas Cook Airlines flights that are probably still stranded. And I'm thankful that I'm two days in, I'm already out of here. I put my bag up above me in the upper, upper compartment. And then I reached for my tripod to put it up there. Oh, where's my tripod? <laughs> oh, no. I left my tripod somewhere in the airport in Denmark. I don't know where. <laughs> I, I don't know how I missed it. I mean, for a week, I lived with that thing. It was at my side. Everywhere I went, I had a tripod in my hand. I borrowed airline tape to tape it up so that it would be easier to hold. And at some point, I put it down. I bought some food, grabbed it here, and then just left it sitting there leaning against the wall. And no one behind me in line said, hey, dude, your tripod's right there. And I never thought once during the next few hours how easy it was to get around. I'm going through my mind in security at, at Denmark thinking, did I even go through it there? Is that where I left it? Did I leave it on the table where I was fixing my last things and putting them in the bag? I think I did. I don't even think I left security with my tripod. I think I left security with everything else. And because I had to pull my iPad out, my laptop out, and put things in all different bins, take off my metal stuff, passport, and everything, and phone, my, my iPad, and put them all in these places... Everything is strewn about, and it seems like a lot of stuff. It's really easy to forget that one last thing, which was my tripod. So, Mary Beth, 
that tripod I was borrowing from you, that was an extra tripod you had, it's gone. It's in Denmark, and someone probably is enjoying it right now. So now all I've got is my Faisal here, and my Faisal needs replacement parts, so I don't have a tripod. <laughs> awesome. So I have new flights that I had to pay for, and I have tripod to buy. Or if I can get those replacement parts pretty cheaply, I'm going to have my Faisal replaced and working again, and I love my Faisal tripod. Although it's been three years now, it's time for a new tripod maybe. So yeah, that was the exclamation point on the end of Misadventure number 17. <laughs> I left my tripod that I was borrowing from a friend in Denmark. And Mary Beth, I haven't even told you this yet because I'm letting the podcast tell you. And then I'll tell you in person. <laughs> so now I spent several hundred dollars I don't have. I owe money to a friend. And I'm home. <laughs> I was just glad to be home. I was glad I made it home. And that's why Milky Way Wednesday didn't quite happen that week because I was supposed to fly out the 23rd and then I'm getting home on the 25th. And with just a few hours to record, edit, and release, that wasn't going to happen. The podcast wasn't going to happen. I think I edited Mary Best podcast as fast as I could and got it out that Thursday or Friday. Oh, but I've been recovering from that ever since. Today's the ninth. Last Wednesday, nothing came out as I've been recovering, had my kids, and also just, oh, yoy, yoy. So I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast that the listener adventure is canceled in November. I, I just don't have the money to go, unfortunately. That is the situation of buying flights twice. Right now, my bank is in process of possibly refunding me the money since Thomas Cook Airlines basically never gave me what I bought. And so it's a typical, re, you know, a typical refusal to pay where I never received the product that I paid for. And I spoke with the company and they said, well, you're up a creek. I have a canceled flight to dis, dis, dispute with SAS. They said I can talk to them and get some money back. So that's going to be helpful, but I have to go through the dispute process. will take weeks. And I had a flight that Delta decided that they would cancel for me, but then they could only give me credit back. So now sometime between now and next September, I need to fly somewhere for a couple hundred dollars with Delta. So that's fun. At least I know that I have a definite Delta trip somewhere or at least $200 off of a Delta trip somewhere. So I'm excited about that. Woohoo! Misadventures. So guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. Thanks for joining me for a little bit longer podcast as I told my innumerous stories about enumerate. Enumerous. I know numerous is a word, but I don't think you can enumerate and you can have numerous, but I don't think you have enumerous. I don't think that's a word. I think I made that up. Thanks for joining me. If you guys love this content, don't thank me. Thank the patrons who stick with Photog Adventures and support us for all these years. I really appreciate it. As I am Photog Adventures and as changes are coming, I will announce them on the podcast. In fact, I will have, I won't make any promises. Next podcast episode that you hear from me, I will announce the changes and make those changes and go forward. I'm excited. And I'll have a tripod. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Have a good one. If you enjoy this content, please leave me a review over on iTunes or anywhere you can. That'd be much appreciated. Really love you guys. Join us on Patreon if you can. Patreon.com forward slash Photog Adventures. Have a good one. And remember, get out there and have an adventure of your own. That's what you need to do and you should be doing already. Hopefully, you're listening to this podcast right now as you're out on that adventure. See you guys. Have a good week. <laughs>